This is the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, January 3rd. Making his 2024 debut on the Morning Sports Desk, it's Corey Tackman. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. We didn't lose you in the new year. Um, Just, you know, not physically. <laughs> just a little bit mentally every single year. Just a little bit more every single day. Like, yes. not noticeable on a day-by-day basis, but on a year-by-year, you're like, hmm, boy, just not... Of course, he seems to be checked out a little more than he was before. <laughs> <laughs> Things just aren't firing on all cylinders up there. Just a little bit. Like, every cylinder is firing, except every once in a while. It just, it just runs a little tougher. It just, it's got to work a little harder. I don't remember who the major league pitcher was, but he was making a comeback after um, numerous stints on the injured list okay and somebody asked him are you feeling like you're 100 percent?" and he goes well what do you mean like a hundred percent like i was a hundred percent five years ago because no i'll never feel that way again but i got all of whatever i have left (laughs) (laughs) that's where i'm at got all of whatever i have i don't know if i'm at i i don't know if i'm at uh I'm at a hundred percent capacity for this, but if, but you know, it's probably eighty-five percent capacity from five years ago. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if any of that's true. You know, it, hey, who knows? I might be in my prime right now. You just never know. Exactly. You don't know when you're in your prime until you're out of it. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, so last <laughs> night you had uh, you had some pretty eventful things going on over at the Staples Motley Gym. A girl got to a thousand points. Uh, yeah, I saw the Staples Motley Cardinals girls basketball team host Walker Hacken, Sack Akeley. Uh, the Wolves pretty much dominated that game from front to finish. Um, I don't remember the exact time markers, but Cardinal fans, they, they don't sit down until their team scores a point. And um, I think it was like eight minutes in before the first free throw was made. Mm-hmm. And then we might have even made it to like 10 or 13 minutes before the first field goal was made. It was just all Walker Hackensack Akeley. They kind of dominated um, uh, just from the from the outset, like one of those, as a matter of fact, when you walk away from that game, you just kind of shrug your shoulders. I think if you're Staples Motley and go, well, it's best we probably just push shove that one aside, and 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 just focus on our stuff again, right? But in the process going into that game, senior Lauren Rutten was seven points shy of a thousand, and. Ended up getting it. Uh, ended up getting it. Kind of uh, well towards towards the end of the game, um, up or up against a really great defender all game long who just made uh, life a, a living nightmare. But Lauren ended up getting it and uh, to an, a pretty nice um, uh, ovation from her teammates and and student section and had a big group of family that was up there about halfway up in the stands in Staples and. It's just cool to see milestones like that are uh, are always awesome. So it was it was nice to see her get it um, get it on her home floor, just seven points shy. And I I think there's some road games on the schedule now for Staples Motley in the next couple. So to get it on the home floor in front of the home fans like that is is uh, is a pretty neat deal on top of just the big number that is a thousand points. So congratulations to Lauren. It's very cool.
Yeah, you know, it's always nice to get that a thousand. Uh, you know, I, I I've never scored a thousand, and I know you haven't scored a thousand points. But Correct. you know, if if there was a, a universe in which we did, it'd be ideal to do it at home. Yeah, I mean, I would take a thousand anywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like your scampy choosers. I, you know? I wouldn't have. I would have. I would have loved to have scored a thousand points. And uh, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have been sad about scoring it on the road. That being said. If you did it in front of your home crowd, that'd be pretty sweet, too. Right. So there was that. Yesterday, uh, I had a game over on the Superstation with uh, Bertha Hewitt going up to take on Sabika. Both teams looking for the first Park Region Conference win. Both teams had a couple wins in Section 5A. And kind of if you look, I know it's a little too early to really look heavily into Section Standings, Corey, but Bertha Hewitt in Section 5A West was the, uh, the currently at the four spot, Sabika at the five. So two teams that are relatively close to each other in that QRF ranking. And it showed in the game, Bertha Hewitt was able to come away with a 57-51 win. And early on, Bertha had the lead for the first quarter of the game. Sabika held on to the lead. Then for the next quarter of the game up until halftime, the next quarter of the game, Bertha took the lead. And it's not like a team kind of ran away with it, but it felt like whichever team had the lead kind of had it for a while. And they just, whether it was two points or seven points and kind of anywhere in between, they held on to it. And then once the other team got it, they didn't give it back for a while. And up until like the last quarter of the game, in which case it went back and forth a few different times. Right. um, Sabika... Uh, they were just aggressive in that full court press and made it a nightmare for Bertha Hewitt to try and get that ball across the floor, created turnover after turnover after turnover, and were able to to keep themselves in the ball game. Uh, from three, they didn't quite have the shooting night they wanted. They had open looks. They had shots that I think Coach Mike Hano would have been okay with when he looks back on film. It's just, sure. you know, he told me in the pregame interview, you know, sometimes we just got to get the ball to bounce our way, and they just unfortunately didn't get the ball to bounce their way uh, from beyond the arc. And they also didn't get necessarily uh, the ball to bounce their way in the free throw line either. When it was all said and done, they shot seven of 20 from the line. And in a game when you lose by six, it's you know always woulda, coulda, shoulda, and you're not going to make all your free throws, but it's just one of those where you kind of look back and go, dang, we are right there. Right. Just do a couple things differently and you win that game. But, I mean, they still, outside of those couple things, they played such good defense uh, and created a lot of turnovers that they were able to keep themselves in the game and give themselves the lead with two minutes to go. It was 49-48, Sabika in front, yep. Bertha Hewitt able to go on a 9-2 to run in the final couple minutes to kind of hang on a win. They get some big three-pointers from Georgia Washala, some key free throws from a senior in Ava Bauk. That Bertha Hewitt team has nine seniors, which is uh, – which is very interesting. You don't typically see a lot of teams around here getting nine seniors on a team. Uh, and I mean, it's it's benefited that benefited them during the volleyball season. This is it's it's the best Bertha Hewitt girls athletics I think I've seen in in not quite a decade. But you know, you get that sort of longevity in the program for uh, for for those teams and have that many seniors that's a lot of girls who've been around for a long time uh doing it and playing together so it's good to see some of the fruits of their labor paying off for them well with any team and not just specifically bertha hewitt with any school when you have nine seniors you know are all nine of them going to play i you know i don't know or, or you know whether it's basically like five plus if you get kind of that in especially basketball, it doesn't necessarily mean everyone's going to be in the starting lineup and doing everything. But also what it means is you can kind of protect some some kids who maybe 
are going to be nice players for you when they're juniors and seniors, but kind of need to let them sit and play JV as a sophomore and even maybe as a junior to kind of get ready. It, it allows some of those other, you know, with any team, any coach of any school will tell you having a good number like that kind of allows your underclassmen to cook a little bit, if that's maybe the right term. And, I mean, you know, everyone loves to tout the the life lessons that come with high school sports. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said about on a basketball team with five starting spots to have nine seniors means that there's a number of players there who understood and understand what their role is on that team. Um, and they understand what it means for their playing time, but they understand uh, how to get after it in practice. And, you know, some of the, the mental capacity and the physical capacities of upperclassmen just makes a difference to practice against every day uh, as far as those who are actually starting. Right. You know, when you get to play against somebody who's physically as mature as you, um, that's where those numbers become very important. And, and to have those players on the team understand that, hey, I'm not a starter, but I'm I'm still here to help the team and benefit the team. Um that is important. That's really important. Even there are times, phys- physically speaking, where maybe someone as a freshman is a better basketball player than someone who is a senior, but physically can't kind of keep up. In practice, you're not doing anybody any favors. You know what I mean? Right. You need to have someone be able to bang a little bit <laughs> and throw you around and not take any of your, your baloney on the practice court to get you prepared for what you're going to face game in and game out. That, those are important, like you mentioned, that's, those are important numbers and, and important things for, for coaches and teams to have. Hey, Corey, I know we've kind of been putting this off. Did we probably should mention about the Vikings? Sure. What Is a, there a way you can uh, reverse that sound and make it go, bow? Uh, no, <laughs> make, nor- it a, make it a sad Gallerhorn. Basically, it'll just end up like uh, like what the price is right. When it's like, bump, bump, and uh. The fun part about that sound effect is it kind of does bump it up. It's like, bump, bump, and uh. Oh. Uh, yeah. Like, it gets you excited. You had hope. It's been dashed. And that is basically what a sad Gallerhorn would yeah. sound like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's yeah, like no, boo. boo. Yeah, no, the Vikings are mercifully almost done. Yeah, uh, this is look. I think the two weeks of Dobbs mania probably put a little bit of false hope in what we thought this season would become. But I don't look, think you can say probably, CJ. It's week eighteen, man. <laughs> it's it's a definite. <laughs> Yeah, the, there was definite false hope. There was definite false hope. The season ended when Kirk Cousins ruptured his Achilles. Let's be honest here. But even still, uh, people, I mean, the Vikings were picking things up. But let's remember, it was still a Vikings team that started 0-3. And it was still a team that didn't necessarily get things going uh, before Kirk Cousins got hurt. I know they were turning it around late, but don't the Vikings always do that when they start slow? They're too talented of a team to just be consistently bad. And they always kind of work their way back. I think this is just kind of a thing of now that we're kind of removed and now that we have had a chance to desensitize. I know there's a lot of people that still are 
wanting, I want the Vikings to make the playoffs solely to watch my favorite football team keep playing football. But outside of that, I think there's a lot of people who are just kind of starting to realize the Vikings aren't going to make the playoffs and it's turning into kind of, it's the seven stages of grief. And right now a lot of Vikings fans are in the anger stage. I've seen blame thrown around at Kevin O'Connell saying he needs to get fired. People are saying Brian Flores doesn't need to stick around anymore. Uh, there are people are saying the Vikings should have brought in Joe Flacco uh, you know, uh, Corey, what, how do we make sense of all this? What's going on with the Vikings? Uh, and, and what should kind of, what should kind of the feeling be if you're, uh, if you're a fan of the purple, I, meh, you know, there's, there, there's, there might be something to having brought in Joe Flacco. I, like, I don't, I don't, that argument I think is is reasonable the guy's been lights out and was there for the taking right um that being said you're looking to salvage a season that was probably lost when Kirk Cousins got hurt Mm -hmm. um if we go back an entire season I I think we've been fairly consistent about this two seasons ago at this point of the year um we and a lot of people were saying this Vikings team is good, they're fun, and everything is going their way. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything. Are they a good team? Yes. Are they what their record says they are? Yeah, probably not. I think this year's Vikings team is the opposite of that. Has everything gone against them this year as far as injuries, bad turnovers? I, I, a ball bouncing off a corner's helmet into the arms of a receiver for a go-ahead touchdown lots and a loss. Of, lots of yeah. really silly kind of icky things have happened to this team <laughs> this season. And if it was, if Kirk Cousins was healthy, this team I think is comfortably in the playoffs. Yeah. So I think last year's team maybe wasn't as good as their record. It feels to me like this team is better than their record. That being said, um, you can also go back to like week three when we talked about um, turnovers are a fixable thing. You can fix it, but if you're not careful, it becomes the storyline of your season, and this Vikings team was not careful. Turnovers has become the storyline of the season. They can't overcome it, and turnovers are like the plague. The only way to get rid of it is for everybody to die. <laughs> This season just needs to end and 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 start fresh in another year because they can't get out of their own way. That would right. be the I think the moral of this season is it's a team that cannot get out of their own way. Okay, quick question before you get going here. I got a minute just so you know. Does anything need to get blown up? Do you feel like that a change in any coordinator is needed? Do you feel like we'll get to quarterbacks its own separate discussion that requires a longer thing. But uh, uh are you in the fire Kevin O'Connell camp? No, um I'm not in. I don't think anything needs to get blown up outside of the fact that there's some things that are going to get blown up roster-wise. Right. That's just going to happen. There's, They're going to have to figure out a way to pay Jefferson. Uh, they're going to have a decision to make about Cousins. Um, there's there's money that needs to be allocated. Probably Flores is going to get a raise. Um, they, they, they have some money that's going to need to go to some dedicated places. So I don't think anything needs to get blown up per, like on purpose. Mm-hmm. But I do think by nature of how 
the business of football is the team might look very different next season. Very, there's some some longstanding names: uh, Cough, 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 Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith, those sorts of things that just right. might not be in purple in a year. There's going to be some tough decisions, and it's going to be interesting. And we'll talk about it as the offseason gets here. But you're right. There's going to be a lot of stuff, and I think the coaching staff stays in place. I don't think this season really loses any faith for me in Kevin O'Connell or Kwesi Doflamensa or Brian Flores. you got to give it another year. The thing will be, as far as the coaching staff goes, to your point, does Flores get a head coaching job somewhere? Right. Because that's in play. And I feel like the way the Vikings have ended the season probably loses steam. So I feel like the Vikings might get lucky, and he just gets another year to kind of build the defense. But who knows? Who knows? This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, January 3rd.